It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our episodes, and you can find every episode if you subscribe. That makes life a lot easier. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341 3775. We are going to go heavy on the coaching carousel discussion today because, as I predicted, we are already getting candidate updates. We are getting interview updates. And so there's a lot to get to on today's show as the Packers have started their coaching search in earnest. And I want to be really clear about one thing in particular. When the Packers fired Mike McCarthy. They had a coach or two or three in mind. They targeted them. They've done their due diligence on them. They started the process of looking for a new head coach even before they fired Mike McCarthy. I I talked to a a former executive in the division who told me when they were going to fire their coach, at the end of the season, and they knew they were probably going to do that, they started doing due diligence and looking for new coaches in October. Green Bay knew that this was a possibility. They knew that this could be coming. And so when Mark Murphy finally makes that decision, they launch into full-scale assault mode on the available coaches. And so when the names come out, that Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano have interviewed for this coaching vacancy. There is a specific reason those names are out there. And it is because, number one, they're not currently employed. That is a critical distinction between those coaches, Caldwell and Pagano, and potentially better candidates, candidates that... We've discussed on this show someone like Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, whose name I've been mispronouncing all season. 
Um, the, the, the difference is rules within the league stipulate that Green Bay cannot be talking to coaches whose seasons are actively going on. So coaches employed currently by NFL teams are not fair game for these kinds of interviews. The Packers could be and possibly have talked to college coaches. Let's say a coach who is preparing for a college football playoff game and doesn't want it made public that he has and his agents have met with an NFL team about an NFL job. That is a situation that you would want to keep quiet. If you are someone like Jim Caldwell, if you are someone like Chuck Pagano, who wants to have his name back in the mix with coaches who could be getting head jobs or coordinator jobs in 2019 and who were not in the league in 2018, you want this information to be out there. You want teams to know that the Packers are interested in talking to these coaches. That is not the same as Green Bay being legitimately interested in these candidates. There are benefits to bringing in coaches with experience, coaches who have gone to the playoffs, coaches that have beaten Green Bay in the last few years. Bring them in and hear from them, hear their perspectives. Because even if you're not going to hire them, They may have some insight to offer into flaws on the team, into possible approaches on the team that that maybe Green Bay didn't think of, or they're going to bring an idea that Green Bay hadn't thought of. They're going to present information in a way that Green Bay hadn't thought of. My mom, when, when I was looking for jobs and when I've gone through the job search process in the past, she always used to say, you apply to get interviews You interview to get offers, and you get offers to get jobs. And the point in saying all of that is to say the practice and the idea, the premise of applying for jobs meant broadening the pool of people that you were going to talk to about potential opportunities in your field. And if you interview, the more people you interview, the more people that, that you put your face in front of, Not only are you broadening your network, but you're honing and sharpening your interview skills. And the more people who make offers, the better offers you're going to get because now you can pit those people one against the other and you can compare offers and you can make a decision based on more information, more data, because you know you're worth X at some place and you're worth Y somewhere else. And maybe what you'd like to be is worth Z at one place or the other. Those are all data points that you can then use to ultimately get you a job. The same process applies when you're talking about making a hire. You post a job and and this this is applicable to any business, not just NFL head coaching. If you work at an accounting firm, and you need a new office manager, you're not just going to interview one person. You may interview dozens of candidates before you find the right one. And maybe you do interview just three or four. You found the perfect candidate. You hire that person on the spot. But the the more resumes you look at, 
the better opportunity you have to find someone who's truly qualified. And and maybe you find a candidate that you didn't think was going to be qualified, but they come into the interview and they blow you away. Or maybe you think the job is one thing. And when someone comes in, they present it to you in a unique way, in a way you hadn't considered. And now the job looks slightly different. And so the, the, the concern, if there is any, from, from fans who are wondering why are the Packers interviewing these coaches who have failed at other places? And in the case of Jim Caldwell, it failed in ways that, that inspired scorn on the internet and elsewhere. And I, I would say Chuck Pagano, he became a punchline of a, of a Ryan Grigson joke and a Jim Ursay joke. Because he was kept around for reasons that a lot of people really couldn't figure out and was given credit for successes that were really, you know, Andrew Lux, for example, or in the case of Jim Caldwell, maybe Peyton Manning's or, or whatever it was. No, Jim Caldwell is not going to be the sexy coaching hire. Chuck Pagano is not going to be the sexy coaching hire. That doesn't mean their involvement in this process has no value for the Packers. These are coaches with legitimate, long NFL careers who have been NFL head coaches, who have gone to the playoffs, who have won big games, and getting their input. Because because these interviews, basically what happens is it's not just you know a typical interview. What is your biggest failure? Tell me about a time you made a mistake and how you fixed that mistake. Tell me about a time when you didn't agree with your boss. Though some of those questions do get asked, and it is still an interview process, but what happens is a coach comes in and he sits down in front of an NFL front office and he says, this is the, pa- this is the path. This is the direction I want to take this team in. And this is what I think this team needs to get to where we want to get to, which is a Super Bowl. And these are the steps I would take. These are the kinds of players I want to bring into this team. These are the kind of changes I want to institute to get this team where we need to go. And you're pitching yourself as a coach. And these front offices, they take all of that information and they say, okay, well, we like this direction and this vision the best taking into account coaching personality and and the kind of coach a front office believes it can work the best with because those relationships are also important. A lot of times from the outside, we wonder, you know, how a coach can continue to get a pass from the front office, how Jason Garrett can still be employed by the Cowboys, how Chuck Pagano can be on the Colts staff for as long as he was. Well, a lot of it has to do with he's just likable. The GM likes the coach. The owner likes the coach, likes the guy, likes the man. And maybe one day we'll, we will say we'll like the woman because we'll have a, a female head coach or, or whoever the best person for the job is in that moment. That also matters because that relationship is important. It is not the end-all be-all. And I, I, I don't think anyone would suggest it should be the deciding factor in a head coaching candidate, but but it does matter, just like with any job. That interpersonal relationship also has to offer some bearing on these kinds of decisions. 
and and while it is i think it can be a difficult topic and if you if you haven't listened to our discussion on the Rooney rule it was a question i got um recently go back and and find that episode and listen to it because i did talk about some of the coaches who who could be uh potential coaches of color who could be uh interviewing with green bay and i i did mention eric bienemy and jim caldwell and I, I do I do not want to presuppose that the only reason Jim Caldwell got this interview is to satisfy the Rooney rule. But they did tweak the rule recently because what had happened for a long time is in order to satisfy the rule that said a team had to interview a minority coach, they often just took whatever coach was already on their staff, gave them a token interview, and that is very much uh, in the spirit of the way that that word is often used, and that was it, and they didn't really have a realistic shot at getting that job. And so what the NFL said was, this needs to be taken a step further, and, and you not just have to interview a coach of color, you have to do so someone outside of your organization. Well, Jim Caldwell fits that bill. I don't think temperamentally, Jim Caldwell is a good fit. I think you could make a case Chuck Pagano is culturally just from a, you know, a, a blue collar. Uh, he's a, he's kind of a rah-rah coach and an emotional leader. And he's that, he, 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 there's a lot of similarities, I think, with what Mike McCarthy offered this team. Jill Cal, Jim Caldwell is a, is a soft-spoken dude. He is very even keeled, which is, which is one of the reasons why I think he was able to to sort of be a calming force in Detroit amid turmoil and amid a lot of you know wacky stuff that often happens with the Lions. But I don't think he has a strong enough personality to be a good fit with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think either of these coaches fit with what the Packers are looking for for various reasons. I think when you look at the the schematic pedigree of these two guys, I think Caldwell would make some sense uh, more than Pagano from a schematic standpoint, just because we've seen Caldwell, um, you know, he he coached with Peyton Manning, and he was a part of the staff that that you know in Baltimore on some really good teams, and his Lions teams consistently gave the Packers problems. If if not for the the Rodgers hail mary, his Lions teams would have been five and three against the Packers. So it's not like he's a dog coach. He got a bad rap for his sideline demeanor, but I do think that 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 personality makes him a poor fit in Green Bay. But again, it is not so much about these guys as candidates. It is these guys as process. And Green Bay is going through a process here. And they're going to gather a bunch of data points. And they're going to refine their own questions. I compared it on Twitter to dating. And when you're young, you have this idea of what you think the perfect person is in a partner. And then you date some people. And you realize, well, maybe these things that I thought were important weren't as important. And maybe these things that I didn't realize were as important as I thought are. And your preferences grow and evolve and change the more 
you have relationships and the more you go through things in relationships and the more you interview candidates, it is in a lot of ways like dating. You, you discover traits that you like and dislike. You're able to refine your process. You hone your process and you're able to figure out much quicker whether or not there's going to be a good fit. And you're able to find better questions and, and better ways to interact that, 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 that give you more insight than you may have had early in the process. What you don't want to do necessarily is only interview early on the ultra top candidates because they're just, there is a, a refinement process that is yet to take place. And then you also, you may be left wondering, well, was this just a great interview because it was the first one? I went, when I was visiting colleges, I looked at a lot of schools, but the first school I went to was the University of Oregon and I loved it. And the, the weather was miserable and I went in February and it was rainy and cold and I just loved it and I thought it was great and I was really excited about it. And I must have visited a dozen schools after that. And I ultimately decided I didn't want to go to Oregon, but it was my number two choice for a long time. And it was the standard to which all other schools were subsequently measured. But I was never sure until I went to these other schools if it if I was so enamored with it simply because it was the first, because there had been a large gap. I, I, I went to Oregon and then I didn't go visit schools for the rest of the spring of my junior year until, you know, a, a couple months later. And I'd been really excited about Oregon. And then you go to another school and you go, oh, well, this is fine or I, I like it, but th- these are X, Y, Z reasons why I don't, I don't think it's as good as this other place. So if you're the Packers and you bring in these two coaches who have had success in the NFL and you don't think are necessarily ideal fits, but are still good coaches and are going to come in and be professional and give you a baseline standard and everyone else has to be better than those guys, what you're doing is setting up yourself to succeed because you're saying, if we just hired one of these guys, we would be fine because that's what they are. They are fine NFL head coaches. But what we want as a team, if you're the Packers, and you're, and you're looking at it from that perspective, is you're saying what we want is the guys that are better if we can find them. Well, how do you know what that better looks like if you don't get that baseline? That is what Green Bay is doing. They are establishing a baseline. And I don't think fans should be worried that because these are the two first two names that are out there, that number one, they're the only candidates that have been interviewed. I don't think that's true. And they're certainly not the only candidates on whom the Packers have done due diligence. But I I don't want there to be a concern that these guys are the caliber of coaches that Green Bay is interested in, that they're only going to look at retreads and they're only going to look at these, these failed head coaches that are not well thought of in the public eye because I just don't think that's the case. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer 
bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. And while we're on the subject of coaches, I wanted to bring up a scenario that I wrote about for Acme Packing Company because I do think it's worth discussing. Uh, My goal, when this is all said and done and Green Bay has a coach, is to have written about the major candidates. So I wrote about Vic Fangio and why I, I didn't think that necessarily made sense. And I wrote this week about Joe Philbin. Because we, we discussed Aaron Rodgers' comments about Joe Philbin. And Devontae Adams um, yesterday went out of his way to say, you know, I, I hope they don't look at anyone else. I think they, I hope they end their search with Joe. Clearly, Philbin is well-liked in this locker room. But being well-liked is not the same thing as being the number one candidate, is, is not the same thing as being the best option for this team. But I thought, you know... What is the argument, if there is one, for Joe Philbin? And you, you certainly can make the case that what you want is a team that is engaged and stimulated by their head coach, that supports their coach, that goes into every week believing in the plan that they put together. And, and very clearly, that was not Mike McCarthy anymore. And Joe Philbin has captured the attention of this team. Now, how much of that is playing substitute teacher? We don't know. And so it would be, I think, an an overly reactional, emotional decision to keep Joe Philbin, despite the fact that I think he's well-liked in the organization. What if if the franchise believes continuity is important? And they should. Continuity is important. And they want to keep Mike Patton because they like the direction this defense is going, even if it hasn't played better from a statistical standpoint. 
And what they want to do is they want to make a transition with Rodgers easier into the end latter part of his career. They still want a better offense and a better performing offense. And they want to push it, you know, a little bit more into a, a more modern, um, progressive system. But they, they want it to have the bones of, of a style that he's used to. And the way Trent Dilfer described it on a podcast the other day, and I, I mentioned this, was the, the offense that Mike McCarthy and the Packers were running for a long time was the 400-level offense. But that there is graduate-level offense out there, they just never ran it because Rodgers was so good with the undergraduate work. And it wasn't that he couldn't handle it. He was just so good at it that the Packers coaching staff never decided to push things forward. Well, what about the hot coaching name that is already on the lips of a lot of Packer fans? And that is Zach Taylor, the, the quarterback's coach for the LA Rams, former quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator for Joe Philbin in Miami. Has a working relationship with Joe. Would get the opportunity to run an offense with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And what a lot of fans, you know, even right up until the end, were saying about keeping McCarthy was, well, we'd keep McCarthy if he would bring someone in to call plays. And the reality is that was just never going to happen. That was never going to be a thing. And Joe Philbin right now, I think, is only calling plays because he feels like he's the best qualified person to do it, even though he hadn't done it in years and, and not at the professional level. But also because it gave him the best opportunity to earn this head coaching job, to be the guy that the Packers trust with this job moving forward, it gave him what Rodgers wanted to give Joe, and that is the best opportunity to win this job. Well, if they promote Philbin and say, hey, if you can get Zach Taylor to come in here and run the offense and be the OC, you can have the head coaching job. Then you're getting the, the hot name out there that a lot of fans are already interested in with a guy like Dave Taub from Kansas City or Vic Fangio from Chicago. If they're, if that is the model that you're interested in and you, you're saying, okay, well, bring in the defensive coach or the special teams coach to just delegate and we can take the, the offense and push it forward with an offensive coordinator. I understand that perspective. So here's the offensive coordinator, a guy who already has a working relationship with Joe Philbin and who could still bring some new and different ideas. Someone who has been in college recently as a coach, who has been with Sean McVay recently as a coach to come in and say, we're going to take this offense that I'm very familiar with. The bones are going to stay the same, but we're going to tweak it in these different ways to push it forward to make it tougher to defend, to make it more difficult to predict. And this is going to be the best thing for Aaron Rodgers. I think you can make a good case that the best thing for Rodgers is to, to keep the bones of this offense, an offense that he knows inside and out, that he runs with absolute mastery, and say, well, they need to make the, the, the game a little bit less predictable, make things a little bit easier for Rodgers, maybe get him a little bit more talent, but a little bit more consistency with personnel deployment and a little bit more effectiveness with personnel deployment, and he'll be fine. We saw it against the Jets. That offense 
with an um, offensive line playing decent ball, with a running back that's being used in interesting ways, and spreading the ball around with the receivers and, and a group of talented receivers. I mean, look, they scored 44 points. Rodgers threw for over 400 yards, two touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground, a two-point conversion. This was a, a version of the offense that we knew could exist. It didn't take a, a full overhaul. It didn't take bringing in the Patriots system or the, the Kansas City system or Matt Nagy's system and the tweaks that each of those have, have made over the last few years because the Bears don't run the exact same offense as the Chiefs. And if Eric Bieniemy came from Kansas City, they wouldn't just run Andy Reid's offense. And Matt LaFleur doesn't just run Sean McVay's offense. These things have to necessarily grow and evolve with personnel. And so I, I, I think if you're going to make the case for Philbin, you say continuity, you get to keep your defensive coordinator that you really like. You get to keep an offense that Rodgers crushes. And you're going to bring in a coach who is going to have the opportunity and the experience you need to push this offense forward. Now, you do still have the problem that I've discussed many times on this show of, well, if things work in a year or two, he's going to be a head coaching candidate. He's going to be coaching somewhere else. And now, now what do you do? And maybe you've just kicked the can down the line. And now Joe Philbin is 60 or 61. You've had two good seasons because if if Taylor is going to be a candidate somewhere else, it's because the offense was good and you had good seasons and you went to the playoffs and you did good things. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, I think a lot of fans would take that trade. But there's there's no guarantee of that. They could be having to hit the reset button again in two years and you've taken two years of Aaron Rodgers' prime and I'm not going to say you've wasted them, but you you could have had the offensive coach that you needed now and instead in two years, now you're having to make those adjustments. And maybe there isn't a candidate that is out there who is of the same quality as someone like a Josh McDaniels or a Lincoln Riley or even you know some of the candidates a little bit further down the list. It would be a gamble, but I, I could see Green Bay doing something like that. I don't think it's their preference. I don't think it's what they want to do. But if you're going to make a case for doing that, I think that is what the case looks like. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. 
College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. We will talk a little Packers lines. We'll get to the injury report. We'll answer some of your questions. Uh, I know that we had a wonky schedule this week, and I hope everyone is 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 uh, rested and and full from all, all of the holiday foods and travel and family time and and getting reset for football because we, there's only 16 of these games every year. And I think it's important to enjoy every single one of them because there will not be another one for quite a while once this one is done, at least not for the Packers. And so uh, I do want to spend some time talking about the game, things that can that can be gleaned and, and learned from what's going on and, and how Green Bay might want to approach this game from an evaluation standpoint. So we'll get to that tomorrow. Remember uh, our, our normal situation with the Friday show and how that's all going to play out late in the afternoon will be when that goes up and, and you'll have the opportunity over the course of the weekend to get to it. We'll also get to some of your questions uh, as we move forward here uh, and talk coaching carousel and, and all the stuff around what's going on with Green Bay because once we get there on Monday, the, the game is going to happen and we know what the game is going to be in terms of its meaning, which is which is minimal. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a ton to discuss. I mean, think of the coaching information that's already out there. A bunch more coaches are going to get fired on Monday or Tuesday. And we'll have a a bunch to talk about in terms of guys that are available, guys who are going to be looking for jobs, and, and, and guys who are already interviewing in Green Bay. Because once the season is over, then teams like the Patriots, even if they're in the playoffs, they're still fair game. You can still have conversations there. Remember when McDaniels backed out of the the Colts job, um, he didn't do that until after the Super Bowl. It looked like that was done before that. Now, you know, officially it can't be announced until his season is over. But uh, the interview process can still go on and and often does go on. You just, you can't make anything official and you're you're trying to get this stuff you know, adjudicated in a, in a time that can get a little wonky with scheduling. So this is another reason why Green Bay is already trying to get some of these interviews out of the way because it, it becomes a mad dash to get to candidates once the season is over. So we're going to have a lot more to discuss. Um, and, and next week, remember, we go to our three days a week schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Hackers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, uh, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. We are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers.